Hey everyone, before this podcast begins, we want to tell you about some other arts-related podcasts you're going to love. They are The Conduit Music Podcast, Artsville, Gringo and the Man, Art World Horror Stories, and Not Real Art. On these action-packed podcasts, you'll hear experts talk about creativity, design, the music biz, the art world, visual art, American craft, Chicano art, street art, graffiti, and even stand-up comedy. So be sure to find and follow these great arts podcasts today. Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. Warning, the Not Real Art Podcast is intended for creative audiences only. The Not Real Art Podcast celebrates creativity and creative culture worldwide. It contains material that is fresh, fun and inspiring and is not suitable for boring old art snobs. Now, let's get started and enjoy the show. Greetings and salutations, my creative brothers and sisters. Welcome to Not Real Art, the podcast where we talk to the world's most creative people. I am your host, faithful, trusty, loyal, tireless, relentless host, Sourdough, coming at you from Crew West Studio in Los Angeles. Okay, we're back at it, and I'm here with one of my auditorials. As you may know and recall, each month at the end of the month, I like to get on a soapbox and talk about something that's on my mind, and I call them auditorials because they're like editorials, but I'm talking, so it's auditorial, but you knew that. Before I get into this, I want to thank you for listening. Of course, I want to encourage you to like and share this episode, and be sure to go to the website and check out all the good, healthy stuff we got for you. We're always promoting amazing artists and work, so please go check it out. All right. Today, I want to talk about something that's been on my mind for a long time. (laughs) And it's interesting because preparing for this has been difficult because this question that's nagged at me for years and years, and I think I'm finally ready to talk about it. You know, I think I'm finally ready to come out of the closet. Well, not that closet, another closet, but still. Coming out, uh, out and proud about something that I think I'm finally coming to grips with. And so the title of this auditorial, I'm calling 10 Reasons Why I'm an Artist and You May Be Too. 10 Reasons Why I Am an Artist and You May Be Too. Okay. You know, over the years, I've been asked many times, are you an artist? You're an artist. You're an artist. They'll ask me or they'll assume. Sometimes it's very declarative. They'll say, well, you're an artist, right? And it's always struck me as interesting because I don't paint and I don't sculpt. I don't do, I don't make conventional art. So the fact that, and I'm certainly not a full-time artist trying to sell art and make a living with my art. So I've always found it interesting that People might have assumed that I'm an artist. And, you know, I have been 
very reluctant to call myself an artist. <laughs> Incredibly reluctant to call myself an artist. In fact, when I get the question, am I an artist? It stresses me out. It stresses me out a lot <laughs> because I don't know what to say. And, you know, the bottom line is I have such a reverence and respect for artists, working artists, young and old, dead and alive. And I put them on a pedestal, right? So I, it turns out I can, I think I have a pretty conservative view in my own mind sometimes about, you know, what art is or what, who an artist is or whether or not I'm an artist. And so, you know, I'm quick to deflect, I'm quick to foul the foul off and distract and deflect. And, and, you know, usually I'll make a joke out of it. You know, somebody will say, oh, so you're an artist. I don't know. It's, it's for you. to You tell me. <laughs> you tell me if I'm an artist or not. Uh, I never trust a wise man who calls himself wise. So you tell me. Uh, I'll let you decide. And, uh, you know, and I never really, I don't think you'll find me referring to myself uh, anywhere as an artist, maybe one or two places recently. But you know, I know artists who struggle, who went to art school, who are struggling every day to make a living making art. To me, those are real artists. And I call that artists with a capital A. Artists who their whole life, their whole livelihood hinges on their on their art making and the sale of, of their works to earn a living. And so, anyway, I think sometimes I differentiate. Well, it's like, well, okay, I'm an artist with a lowercase a. I'm not an artist with a capital A because I'm not in my studio painting every day, making works, you know, to hopefully display it in gallery, which, by the way, is a very conservative, conventional point of view. Turns out I would never consider myself a conservative, conventional person, but it's fascinating to me that I get so hung up on this question because I think. If I'm honest with you, I'm honest with myself, I think we all have an inner artist. Whether or not we choose to embrace them, well, that's a personal choice and we're all different in that regard. But, you know, so I just, you know, I, because I have so much reverence and respect for artists who are toiling and, you know, working away in their studios as I speak and record this, I'm just very reluctant to come out and say, yes, I'm an artist. And so when people ask me, are you an artist? Am I an artist? Assume that I'm an artist. I get very squeamish. I really do. It's a very odd feeling. It stresses me out. And, you know, especially like when you watch, like when you think of artists like, oh, I'm just going to pull a name out of, the, out of the air, you know, David Bowie. You know, I'm watching this documentary about David Bowie. And, you know, you probably know him for his music, uh, but he was also an incredible visual artist. But I mean, this guy was an artist with a capital A. He lived and breathed art 24-7. And, you know, to me, he's an artist and he could call himself an artist. And people, the proof's in the pudding. People know, they see it, they believe it. He has integrity. And I'm not going to claim to have integrity. You can tell me if I have integrity but, you know, I would never compare myself to a genius like David Bowie. So that's sort of my struggle as I think about my own inner artist and whether or not I come out as a artist. Artist with a capital A or artist with a lowercase a. These are big decisions, people. <laughs> and, you know, maybe you're struggling with this, too. And that's why I wanted to say, you know, 10 reasons why I'm an artist and you maybe too, because I've been thinking a lot about this. And listen, to be fair, 
I got my start as a graphic designer. I studied graphic design at Columbia College, Chicago. I was a commercial artist. I worked in advertising and marketing and in publishing. You know, I was a freelance designer and then I was full-time and I worked for big brands and whether it was Coca-Cola or Procter & Gamble, you know, Sam Adams Beer was a client. I mean, you know, was that art? It's commercial art for sure. It's graphic design art. Well, certainly can be. Am I an artist? I don't know. But you know what? I've worked in the arts, not just in the communication arts, but in the performing arts. And I've worked in the creative creative arts, obviously, broadly, but then also in the contemporary arts. And so I've worked with numerous artists, hired artists, I've collaborated with artists. And over the last 30 years or more, I've come to realize that that artists tend to have a, a few attributes in common. There are a few things, I think, that you know, define an artist and may even define me as an artist and might define you as an artist. So here are the 10 reasons why I am an artist and you baby too. Number one, I have imposter syndrome. <laughs> we have imposter syndrome. I think so many of the artists I've known over the years, we doubt ourselves, we are suspect, we have a lack of confidence. And we feel like, in spite of our success or accomplishments, that, you know, we're not a real artist or we're not successful in spite of our accomplishments. We have imposter syndrome. And I feel like that is one of those common attributes among artists and so many artists. And I know I have it too, imposter syndrome. Reason number two, we see the world differently than most others. I mean, in my experience, artists are seers, right? They can see things that aren't there. They can imagine. They have an imagination that allows them to see things that are not there and see things that are there differently and maybe more critically and more clearly. And certainly, we look at the world through our lens. That is a unique lens, a unique, you know, to us and unique to creative-minded, imaginative, artistic people. We just see the world differently, you know? Whether we see opportunities that other people don't see or see problems that other people don't see or see injustice that people don't see or see the humanity for what it is or we see people for who they are, we are not myopic. We can be myopic, certainly, you know, but we also can see broadly and see holistically and see from 30,000 feet above and we can also see down at the micro level and I think that we just see the world differently because somehow we're wired to see differently. Number three, we tend to dislike or distrust the status quo. I think this is a common attribute in artists that I've observed over the years and I know I do as well. I tend to dislike or distrust the status quo. I think we prefer cultural progress over cultural stasis. Like I think we're not inherently conservative. We're inherently progressive. Uh, and I don't mean this in a political sense. I just want, I mean, it certainly, you know, it plays into politics. But I'm just saying, I think we're constantly pushing. We want to push humanity forward, right? We want to push society forward. 
we look at the status quo and we see the good things, but we see the bad things and we want to improve and make the bad things better. And so I think that this distaste for the status quo is part and parcel to the artists I've known over the years, and I know I'm the same way. Number four, we are not motivated primarily by making money. We're not. It's secondary. Our incentives and compensation comes largely from doing and making things, from doing stuff. And, you know, yes, we recognize we need to make money, but it's not the primary motivator. It's the secondary motivator. And so many artists that I've known over the years are exactly like this, if not every artist. And I know I'm like this too. I do not do things because I think there's a bunch of money in it. Although sometimes I have done that, <laughs> but that's again, not my primary motivation. I've always pursued things that captured my imagination that I believed in. I was passionate about, and I was motivated, incentivized by the doing and not the money. Reason number five, we love to be around artists. I love to be around artists and art for that matter. We love to be around artists and art. Birds of a feather flock together. You know, I can't imagine, I mean, sure, there are people that aren't artists that love hanging out with artists and being among art. But I think that if you like being around artists and love art, you might also be an artist. And I know I, for 30 years, have loved being around art and artists. They're my favorite people. Artists are my favorite people. So you know what? Maybe I'm one too. Maybe I see myself in other artists, which is why I want to be around them, which is why maybe I'm also an artist and maybe you are too. So we love to be around artists and artists. Reason number six, we are human-centered in our ethos. You know, I think it's just we tend to be empathetic towards our community and find human greed incomprehensible. We're just human-centered. I think most artists that I've known over the years, if not all artists, and 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 certainly me, like we're just human-centered. We embrace our humanity. We embrace the humanity of others. And it's just kind of intrinsic to who we are. And I think that artistic mindset, I mean, this gets to empathy which obviously empathy is critical to art and being an artist. And I just think that if you're empathetic towards your community and find human greed incomprehensible, well, then you might be an artist too. And I know that I am empathetic, or at least I think I am <laughs> empathetic toward my community. And I know I find human greed incomprehensible. I understand it. I, I think I do. But I fail to understand why we don't find ways to transcend it and get beyond it. Reason number eight, why I am an artist and you may be too, is that I think we tend to be global citizens. And this gets back to the human-centered part a little bit. But we see, because we see differently, you know, we tend to be global citizens because we see the big picture and we think holistically. We think of the earth and we think of earthlings <laughs> you and me we're earthlings right we're not tribal we're not partisan we're not small minded i think we truly have a global view and we feel a sense of responsibility in my experience artists really feel an intense responsibility and i do too and you know maybe that's 
why you're an artist and I am as well. Number nine, I think I'm getting my numbers right. <laughs> the ninth reason or the eighth reason why, uh, lost count here, I'm out of order. <sighs> we may or may not have gone to art school. I didn't go to art school. I went to design school. I studied graphic design. I didn't study fine art. But guess what? You don't have to go to art school to be an artist. Fact. Bottom line, you don't have to go to art school to be an artist. You can go to art school and be an artist. I know a lot of people who did go to art school and didn't even pursue art. Um, and I know a lot of artists that are making great art that didn't go to art school. And I also know a lot of artists that went to art school and did very well. I mean, you know, and some people in our world would say, well, if you didn't go to Yale and get an MFA from Yale, well, you know, we don't want to work with you. That's, again, a very conservative perspective. But the truth is that artists don't have to go to art school and just because you went to art school doesn't make you an artist but certainly if you went to art school and you're pursuing art you're an artist so one of the 10 reasons why I'm an artist and you may be too is that we may or may not have gone to art school <laughs> that's kind of a funny one truth is art school is just one path to becoming an artist I happen to go to Columbia College Chicago study graphic design and arts management, actually, it was a double major. But I think this might be an indication that I'm an artist, and you may be too. Reason number nine, we are open-minded, curious, and discerning. I think these are attributes that most artists have, if not every artist I've ever met. I know I, myself, possess these attributes. I'm open-minded. I'm curious. I am discerning. And it's one of the reasons why I might be an artist, and you may be too. Last but not least, reason number 10 of why I'm an artist and you may be too, is that we are compelled to express ourselves and make stuff. It's so true. And you know, I'm reminded of the story. I've, you've heard me talk about this again and again, but in the book of that I, I love, Orbiting the Giant Hairball, the author, Gordon McKenzie, talks about talking to school kids. And, you know, in kindergarten, he would ask, who here is an artist? Every kid raises their hand. First grade, half the class raised their hand. In second grade, fewer kids. By third grade, there's like one kid in the back that raises their hand to say they're an artist. Well, that's a whole nother podcast. And that's really sad that we've created a system that squeezes that creativity and that artistic energy out of our kids. But... And I think it does speak to the fact that we all have some kind of inner artist and inherent need to create and be creative and be artistic. But for those of us who continue to pursue art and, and creativity beyond the second and third grade might be an indication that we're artists. Speaking for myself, I come from a musical family. And if I look back on my life, you know, and I think about all the things I was compelled to do and to make and ways to express myself. I don't know. Proof's in the pudding. I just made a list and it's crazy because I grew up studying jazz and classical music. I played alto saxophone very seriously for well over 10 years and kind of burnt myself out. I sadly hung it up in college and didn't really look back, which is unfortunate because I won a lot of awards and I won medals and had some amazing fundamental experiences playing jazz and classical music on my alto saxophone. 
Growing up, I also performed in multiple plays and musicals. I was a thespian in junior high and high school. I was on speech team. You know, all that stuff. I mean, points to creativity and artistry. Coming out of high school and college, I worked in publishing. I designed and produced over 65 books. I wrote five books, including a sourdough cookbook. Maybe that's why they call me sourdough. I don't know. <laughs> you tell me. But I wrote five books. There, a couple of them are out of print now, but some of them are still on Amazon. I mean, the truth of the matter is I, I created five books. What does that mean? I, oh, by the way, I also produced three records featuring musical artists. I designed and launched an award-winning product years ago. It was actually a, well, I won't go into it, but it was an award-winning product. In 1991, I built a rustic log cabin and lived near the Arctic Circle for a year. If that wasn't a performance art project, I don't know what was or what is building a rustic log cabin in the middle of nowhere with my collaborator and partner, David Scott. Over the years, I've produced numerous art events and curated several art exhibitions. I've hosted and produced over 250 podcast episodes. This might be 251. I've collaborated with artists on multiple projects. I have multiple notebooks with many ideas in them that I'll probably never have time to develop, but they're there. Always banking, always creating and thinking of ideas and banking them. You know, I'm developing uh, multiple art-related TV and documentary projects. I'm a core member of a beloved Burning Man camp. I mean, I don't know. Am I an artist? Are you an artist? Well, we may be, if these 10 reasons resonate. Because it strikes me that being an artist is not just a job, it's a calling. It's how we're wired. It's who we are. It's sort of our ethos, our character. It's baked in. You know, but I've just noticed over the last 30 years that there are common themes and attributes that artists have. And I feel like imposter syndrome and seeing the world differently and aspiring beyond the status quo and, and money being secondary and loving artists and art and being around artists and art and, and having a human-centered ethos and thinking of the planet and, and being a global citizen and having a worldview and, you know, maybe going to art school or pursuing some art classes and being open-minded, curious and discerning and being compelled to express ourselves or make stuff. I mean, if any of this resonates with you, you might be an artist and I might be one too. In fact, I'm just going to come out and say it. Yes, I'm an artist. Thanks for listening to the Not Real Art Podcast. Please make sure to like this episode, write a review, and share with your friends on social. Also, remember to subscribe so you get all of our new episodes. Not Real Art is produced by Crew West Studios in Los Angeles. Our theme music was created by Ricky Peugeot and Desi Deloro from the band Parlor Social. Not Real Art is created by We Edit Podcast and hosted by Captivate. Thanks again for listening to Not Real Art. We'll be back soon with another inspiring episode celebrating creative culture and the artists who make it.